Creating your own reality. Is it possible for me? I am Jennifer K. Hill, the Consciousness Architect, and I am here to tell you that it's not only possible, it's closer than you might think. Welcome to the show. Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of Regarding Consciousness. I am Jennifer K. Hill, and it is such a pleasure and honor to be with you always and to get to draw from wisdom leaders around the world. This particular wisdom leader is a friend who I had the privilege and honor of meeting via HeartMath through mutual friends when we were co-producing a show together in April of 2020. Dr. Philip Mary is an extraordinary human being who is the foremost expert in the world on synchronicity in business. He is an expert as well at global leadership and is a team coach, a keynote speaker, a trainer and facilitator with over 30 years of experience and team coaching in 63 countries. As well as being an individual and team coach, Philip also conducts coaching for leaders workshops and master team coach, having certified over 400 team coaches. One of my favorite things that we're gonna be diving into today is that Philip, I think is the only person or was the first person in the world to get a PhD on synchronicity. And Philip, it's I think it's such a beautiful synchronicity that our paths aligned. I was able to see you a month or two ago when I was visiting Singapore, and I'm just so excited to share your wisdom today on synchronicity. Thank you for being here, my friend. It's great to be with you, Jennifer. I, I think we met a couple of years ago, right? But we've kept in touch since then. One or two just little corrections. I'm the only person with a grounded theory PhD in Hi. leadership and synchronicity. And I don't know whether I'm the foremost expert in the world. I think there are lots of other people who uh, have dived into synchronicity, but I'm certainly the first with a particular view on synchronicity and how to take it out of the world. Because, you know, sometimes this stuff gets into new age stuff in a way that makes people feel it's not relevant. So I guess I'm dedicated Jennifer, to get people to see the practicality uh, of synchronicity and, and how it affects our lives. I think that's beautiful. And thank you so much for correcting me on that, Philip. I, I like to ad lib sometimes and I go a little off script. So I appreciate you correcting me. You don't want to misinform our listeners or viewers. Philip, talk. what's that? Say, I never like to say that I'm, I'm more than I am. So I, I'm certainly one of the experts, but not the only one. Yeah, fair point. Humility is a beautiful trait and one of the many that I admire in you, my friend. So for our listeners and viewers tuning in who might be scratching their heads and saying, what is synchronicity? What are Jennifer and Philip even speaking about? Can you speak to that a bit? Sure. Synchronicity, Jennifer, is pretty simple to me. And it sounds fancy when you say synchronicity, but it literally is times in your life when you need something and suddenly it turns up in your life without you doing anything. Simple example, here in Singapore for my business, at one point I needed $15,000 to balance the books. 10 minutes before four, way back 10, 15 years ago. And what happened was at four o'clock, I got a call from a colleague of mine in Amsterdam saying, could I go to Beijing to run a workshop? And he said, and also you'd be pretty pleased, the fee is $15,000. 10 minutes before four, I need $15,000, four o'clock, it turns up. So that's a pretty dramatic one, but everybody has those times when they're thinking of a friend and suddenly two or three days later, they get an email from the friend 
to be in touch. So synchronicity is literally when there's something on your mind, big thing or small thing that you need in your life, and suddenly it turns up. Okay. So it's funny. I'll give an example of mine that happened the other day, and I thought it was very apropos since we'll be, we were speaking today as it was. A friend of mine here in Lisbon and I went out for breakfast, and just that night, it's very hard to find good open restaurants on a Sunday evening, and yet we wanted to take dear friends of ours out to thank them for all the gifts they've given us. So the night before, my husband finds this restaurant called Essential, which we had never been to, didn't know existed. So I'm seeing my friend Danelle for coffee on Sunday. And I said, she says, what are you doing tonight? I said, oh, we're going to Essential. She says, what? You'll never believe it. I literally just told my best friends that is the next restaurant on my list of places I want to go in Portugal and Lisbon. And so it was a beautiful synchronicity, though I can feel also that inquiring minds want to know, what's the difference between synchronicity and a miracle? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Oh, I was not expecting that answer. <laughs> my book, I actually even say uh, synchronicity is about those little miracles waiting to happen. So behind every synchronicity is a miracle waiting to happen. Now, obviously, Jennifer, they've got different roots and different definitions and different histories. But I like to make things simple. I think there's not much difference between synchronicity uh, and a miracle. Lots of studies in synchronicity and comparing to many different topics, but it's those little things that, that turn up that you didn't expect. How do we create or how do we find more synchronicities and miracles in our lives? Open your eyes and look for them. <laughs> yes, I love that. It is true. I teach people every day. I write down all of the miracles and synchronicities. And if we're not actively paying attention and focusing our conscious mind looking for it, it's easy to get sidetracked by the pain and the frustration and the upset that life happens. You're absolutely right, Jennifer. And it's like seeing the world with new eyes. Uh, a lot of people tell me, I teach masterclasses on synchronicity, and a lot of people say to me, that an answer to a problem has been around all of the time, but they didn't really see it before. And, and how I got into synchronicity, it kept happening to me, lots of little and big things. And so you then begin to say to yourself, wow, is this the way the world works? And because you say that, then you begin to look more clearly. A lot of people have synchronicities happen to them and they just say, that was luck and they go on with the rest of their life. But for me, what took me down the, the road of really ending up with my PhD in synchronicity was saying, there's more to this. This is a strange thing to have happened. I wonder what it is. And the more you look, the more synchronicities turn up. Tell us a so, bit more about how you went to get a PhD in synchronicity and what in particular you studied. I think it's so fascinating. Well, literally, that's what I studied, synchronicity and leadership. First of all, I actually applied to do the law of attraction, to hmm. study the law of attraction, uh, wanting to know what's the science behind this? What's the thinking behind this? And once I got to university and began to do my research, there wasn't so much written about the law of attraction except the book, The Secret, and, and other things. Once I looked at it, I said, no, actually, this is synchronicity. The word famous, made famous by Carl Jung, who really brought it to our attention. Although I think synchronicity has been around since the beginning of the world. All of us have had this happen, and it's happened throughout history. 
So I, I began to then just delve further into it. I talked to my clients. And the interesting thing, Jennifer, is when I talked to them and said, does this happen to you? A lot of them said yes. And then they said, but please don't tell my boss. <laughs> True story, right? It's, it's a secret. What happens is that because synchronicity belongs to what some people call new age woo stuff, they don't think as a leader that it will be good for their reputation as a leader if they actually shared that intuition and synchronicity help them on their leadership journey. They don't teach synchronicity on your MBA. Uh, and so leaders are reticent to actually talk about it. That really, as I looked around and saw very little on business and synchronicity and leadership and synchronicity, lots of stuff in the spiritual text, but, but not much in the leadership literature. So I said, this is what I want to do. My, my mission here, and I got a very strong sense of mission, Jennifer, in the sense of if this happens and it's not written about, I want to introduce people to this structure, to this concept, this phenomena, and get them to think about it. So I did four years, six years, five, six, four, five years at Tilburg University, supervised by the great Dr. David Cooper Ryder, who founded Appreciative Inquiry, and literally went all over the world in search of synchronicity in terms of the places that I visit and integrated that into my PhD, interviewed 22 people who had synchronicity to happen to them. And literally, it's a grounded theory PhD, meaning that I didn't begin with a hypothesis. You actually, when you're looking at a relatively unusual topic, you just ask people. So I, 22 people, I asked them, what facilitates synchronicity? And literally had 200 pages of data around one of the types of things that, that, that facilitate synchronicity and then built a model called the nine keys of synchronicity around those answers that I got from my fieldwork. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. And let's dive in. Everybody wants to know, tell us about these nine keys to synchronicity. What are they and how can we harness them? I discovered from the data as I began to extrapolate from the data, there are three types of keys to synchronicity. One is three keys when you discover synchronicity, three keys when you integrate synchronicity into your life, and three which are mindsets. And it's like a, an integration of all nine of them that helps you. So when I coach people, coach leaders and teams on synchronicity, it could be that you're good at key number eight, but not good at key number three. So I'm using it as a coaching tool, as a way of analyzing and getting more synchronicities happen, more synchronicities happening to you. <coughs> Excuse me, I got a frog in my throat. So key number one, be curious about out of the blue events. As you begin your day, as you're going through your day and you notice, what the heck was that? Why did that turn up? Or you may actually be standing at a bus stop or at a train station or at an airport, and you've got this strong desire to talk to this particular individual. You don't know why, but you just, you know, where are you going today? Where are you from, et cetera, et cetera. And very often they begin to say something to you that is important to you, important for you to know. There was a, a guy who hated synchronicity. 
hated anybody talking about synchronicity and said it was nonsense. And during COVID, he actually was on a plane trip somewhere in the US. There was nobody on the plane except him and this other guy. And so the, the crew put the two of them together on the same row. They weren't particularly extrovert, but they just got chatting to each other because they're only people on the plane. And the guy found that the person on the plane was expert in a unique topic that he'd been looking for in his research for 10 years. He just got talking and then that happens. Always be curious. And I know you are, Jennifer, as you go through your life, what turned up that has got your attention? The second key relates to, and these are all in what I call the discovery keys. The second key is connect the dots. So if you suddenly see somebody and you're minded to talk to them and they give you some credible information, connect the dots. Why, where is that in your life? The third key is act on your intuition. And remember, these all came from the 22 people I interviewed around what facilitates synchronicity. A lot of us have intuitions that we don't act on. And so the very important issue to key number three is don't just have the intuition, act on it. So those are discovery keys. I'll share the others, but any questions on the discovery keys, Jennifer? Uh, I just love it. It's it's so true, though, when you start to look for it and you bring your awareness to the fact that there are synchronicities, they begin to bubble up. To your plane story, I remember over a decade ago, I was flying, fortunately, in business class on my way from LA to London, and I had been wanting to build schools, Philip, for the longest time, and I'd given up on my dream. And this woman sitting next to me, we start chatting, as you often do, we start talking, and it turns out she's the executive director of Tony Blair's organization, and they're trying to implement like global schools and how to do it. And I actually wound up collaborating with them for a couple of years, and it actually got me on my path to eventually building my first schools. Cool, cool. Very cool. And th that's the issue, that you are the sort of person who has consciousness to know that there's something else going on. So many people lose out because they say, ah, just luck, nothing to it, just luck. So those discovery keys are really important. And what happened to me and happened to the people I interviewed, they didn't just say it's luck. They said, something's going on here. And all of us, when a synchronicity happens, we have those goosebumps or the chills down our spine and think, wow, what happened? And celebrate the synchronicity is key number four. So it's about saying, give thanks to whoever your God is or whoever your deity is or whoever it might be. Say, this is incredible. Thank how you. Does, how does this celebrate the awe of it? That's key number four. Key number five, be a servant citizen. So many of the people I interviewed for Synchronicity said they seem to flow more when you're involved in serving and helping other people. And that was just one of those kind of crazy things. Look for ways that you can serve other people. There are synchronicities there. Key number six is something that you and I have in common, Jennifer. Set your intention with heart-brain coherence. And heart math is so much part of this. I, I first discovered heart math in 1999 and 
Obviously, I've done a lot of work with HeartMath since then. There's something about the issue of quantum entanglement which causes coherence. So I delved a lot, Jennifer, in my PhD into quantum mechanics and the fact that at the heart of who we are is vibrating energy. Um, uh, we need to let go of the mindset, which is a Newtonian mindset that says matter is solid. Quantum entanglement and quantum physics has told us that matter is vibrating energy. And our heart perceives us through heart math before our brain. And so when I say set intention with heart brain coherence, so if I, for example, wanted to travel to Africa at the moment, then I'd set very clearly with my mind, I'm traveling to Africa and really enjoying it. And then I say, what does that feel like as I achieve that goal? So imagine what it feels like. And then once I've got the clarity of the words from my mind and the clarity of the feeling from my heart, then I'm in heart-brain coherence, which means that I'm more likely to tune in to quantum energy. Uh, and I like to feel that there's energy all around us waiting to serve us, waiting to bring us what it is that we want. And we need to tune into it through coherence. And if I may piggyback on what you're adding there, Philip, which I love, one of the things I found, I discovered this probably over a decade ago, long before I discovered HeartMath, is I noticed that if you set your intention, and again, adding the heart-brain coherence is an added layer of consciousness that you can add, but if you, and I don't like to use the word, but, and if you set your intention and you wholeheartedly have this desire and you are 1000% committed and unattached to how it's going to show up, what it might look like, even to it happening in general, you let go of the attachment and yet you have certainty beyond logic. I did something like this. Gosh, I guess it was 11 years ago because it was when my nephew was born. My sister was living in South Africa, and it's if you ever tried to go from Los Angeles to South Africa, it is 30 hours of travel. And so I said, you know what? I just started my business. I had no reason why I should be able to afford a business class ticket. It's $10,000. I priced it out round trip on Emirates via Dubai. And so I started talking about it, Philip, and I said, I don't know how, if I have it all my way, when I have it all my way, somehow, some way, I'm going to be provided the means to travel business class on Emirates from LA to Dubai, down to Cape Town and back. And I said, I can't fathom how, maybe a big deal comes in, maybe money, because I'd priced it out and 10,000 was no small amount in 2000, I think it was uh, 13 or so. So this happens, Philip. And for months I'm saying this and I haven't booked my airline ticket. The rest of the trip is booked. And one month before I'm supposed to fly, Philip, you cannot make this up. Talk about synchronicities. Out of the blue, I get an email that should have gone to my junk from an airline partner I have a credit card with called Alaska Airlines. And they said, oh, we just partnered with Emirates. And I was like, what? And so I call up immediately the woman who works at Alaska Airlines. I said, ma'am, I'm a card holder. I think I have some points with you guys. I just saw you partner with Emirates. Yes, ma'am, we certainly did. What can I do for you today? And I said, well, I'm just curious. Is this good if I were to fly from LA to Dubai and Dubai to Cape Town and back? 
is that possible using points? And she said, oh, of course. Yes, it is. And I said, oh, that's amazing. Hey, do I have enough points? Oh, yes, ma'am. You definitely have enough points. And I said, oh, great. Could you tell me, in addition to the points, what the cost of that ticket would be to pay in taxes? Just give me a moment, clickety-clack, and then just 120 US dollars. It cost me $120 to fly. But I had that certainty. I just waited and patiently waited for the right opportunity. And what are the odds? Spectacular. Great story, Jennifer, and that's synchronicity. A lot of people think it's just this complicated thing. But actually, if, as you and I know, believe this, there is quantum energy and there's quantum coherence, there's an energy surrounding us that we can tap into, then these things happen. And you've just reminded me, I, my wife and I were going from Singapore to the UK. And we were in a very packed economy class. And I just said to myself, I really would like to be in business while we were on the flight. Well, it was no dramatic, I'm setting my intention. I just said, I really would like to be in business. One minute later, above our seat came this noise. And it was really disturbing to hear the noise. You know, it affected our hearing and blah, blah, blah. I called the steward and the steward said, yes, how can I help you? I said, this noise above our seat. And they said, oh, yeah, that's weird. He stepped one space forward, no noise. One step backwards, no noise. He then said, just one second, let me call the captain. The captain came. And I don't know what the captain was doing. Maybe he thought we were trying to do whatever, invent things. And he said, oh, yeah, weird. I can hear it too. Gosh, that's difficult to travel with. Stuart came back and said, I'm really sorry about this, sir. We haven't found the cause. Would you mind moving to business class? I love that. That's so true. And that's just, that's miraculous and synchronicity. And my friend Amy, who you met when we were in Singapore, the only flight she was not flying business was from Paris back to Minnesota. And I kept telling her, I was like, Amy, girl, it's a long flight. We've been traveling for three weeks. You got to upgrade. And she's 10. It's okay. I'm sure I'll be comfortable in whatever comfort on the airline she was flying. And she and I had set an intention the day she was by us, I'll protect her and send her miracles. Literally, same thing with her. She boards the flight. She's, they just upgraded me to business. So when you are looking for the good things happen because you're in the frequency and vibration of it. And that's right. And I guess what, what really struck me about my story, I didn't do anything fancy. So my, my key number six is setting intention with heart-brain coherence. You can do that consciously and strongly, but sometimes it just happens. Sometimes you don't have to do anything. It just comes. Uh, and, and that's absolutely crucial. Let me go through the, the final three uh, so we get that out of the way. Key number seven. So here now are the mindsets, uh, Jennifer. Key number seven, live with a mindset of hope and possibility. And a lot of people don't do that. And they'll come to me and say, what's all this synchronicity stuff? I set my intention, nothing happened. And I'll say, what was your underlying feeling about whether it will happen or not? I had a woman I was coaching and she wanted a particular job in a global organization. And she came back from the interview and she said to me, I didn't get the job. Typical. I, I never thought I would. Nothing good ever happens to me. I said, hang on. When did you first say that phrase? Nothing good ever happens to me. And she immediately said, 
when I was seven years old, my mother said, your brother is much more successful than you. You are not going to be successful. Nothing good will happen to you like your brother. And she kept, now the, the mother loved the daughter, but there are so many people screwed up by mindsets they carry from childhood. She'd taken this with her in her 35 years as a mindset of nothing good happens to me. I'm not lucky. So what we did over a period of time in my coaching with her, got her to reframe and give the opposite to nothing good ever happens to me. At the end of our period of working together, she actually got the job that she wanted. And it's a crucial one because setting intention, a lot of people give up. If when they set the intention, nothing happens. But if you've got an underlying mindset, that will sabotage the synchronicity. I don't know exactly the physics behind it, but if you have a mindset of, oh, typical, I lost again, always happens to me. So key number seven is really crucial. Key number eight, merge in the present moment. A lot of us worry about the past, worry about the future, but mm. it's in the present moment that synchronicity exists. And I often say to people, when they want synchronicity to happen and something's going wrong for them, I said, stop, move away from your desk, go walk outside and just merge with this energy that's all around you that wants to help you. And then key number nine, this is a tough one, Jennifer, but a lot of people in my research said, it's the Holy Spirit or whatever it was, something about God, but it's difficult to put connect with God because many people are not religious. So I just called it connect with source, meaning something outside of yourself that's somehow on your side. And so literally those nine keys came from research of what facilitates synchronicity. And I just play around with those nine. Sometimes you need to follow all nine. Sometimes there may just be one of them that's really sabotaging synchronicity for you. As I'm now working both with individuals, I've now got a program called Team Synchronicity, and I'm beginning to now explore with teams how they tap into synchronicity as a team to be able to attract to them what they want to attract. Yeah, I think, sure you... yeah, it's so beautiful what you just shared there, Philip. And I want to backtrack to key number seven that you were talking about, being hopeful and open to possibilities and how mindset can drive that. I do a lot of, hope. what's that? Live hope and possibility. Though I chose the words very specifically, not just think about it, hope for it, but live hope and possibility. Love that. Thank you for that distinction. So live hope and possibility. And to the example of the person you said who didn't get the job, I think I understand why physiologically that happens. Uh, there's a, a talk that I often do on resilience. And in doing so, I talk a lot about perspective. One of the things I share in perspective is that from a scientific standpoint, every moment of every day, we have billions of bits of information at a subconscious level bombarding us. At a conscious level, though, we're only actively participating and choosing to perceive about 50 to 120 bits, according to leading science. And so the analogy that I would use that I think ties into this number seven attribute that can sometimes trip us up in life is it's like having a miner's helmet. And that miner's helmet has this itty bitty, teeny tiny little pen light on it. 
in this pitch black warehouse that you're walking around. So you could be walking around in this infinitely wide pitch black warehouse. And the only thing you will ever see, Philip, is whatever your miner's helmet is looking for. So if by the very nature of somebody saying, it's not fair, I'm never going to be successful, that little pin light is only ever going to be able to identify the parts of that story that validate that reality because that's the direction the miner's helmet is pointing. And that's so true, Jennifer. The other thing, based on what you say also, is remember that people aren't always aware that they have this mindset. This woman, just all her life, she'd say, ah, I never meet the right guy. Oh, I never get the right job. That's just me. That's just life. But helping them, and I help people really explore key relationships in their life and say, what is it you got from that relationship? And she was able straight away to say, age seven, my mother said that to me. So she knew it, but she didn't connect the dots in the sense of that's how she was living her life. And so you're, it's a great example that you've chosen. That little pen light, you're not always aware that there's even a light there. Mm-hmm. But it, once you become aware of it, and, and part of our job, I'm sure your job, Jennifer, and I know mine, is we're here to help make visible those negative mindsets, which sometimes are blocking and sabotaging connection with consciousness. Yes. And the last thing I'll add to that, Philip, the cherry on top is to have accountability buddies, have friends, have committed listeners. It could be your spouse, your best friend, your coworker, have people who listen for you to speak into existence, the synchronicities and miracles you desire. And just like I audited myself earlier when I started to say the word, but that's only because I have committed listeners. It was funny. I was at a brunch with a girlfriend this weekend who's a brilliant female entrepreneur. And a few days before that, I had been telling my husband, oh, honey, watch out for it. I noticed you said something that was a little judgy bunny. And he said, oh, thank you, my love. I appreciate you bringing that to my attention. Completely unconscious. My husband was at breakfast with my friend and I were sitting there, Philip, and I was judging somebody and I didn't even realize I did it. And my husband then reflected to me the same feedback. But that's the amazing thing. And in that moment, I was like, oh, my God, my love, thank you for bringing that to my attention. I was unconscious and I didn't even realize I was doing it. That's so cool, Jennifer. It's so important to realize that the words we say, our subconscious is listening. Uh, I'll very often, especially when I'm coaching, I'll interrupt people in the middle of their sentence and say, hang on, stop. Because that won't help you move forward with what it is that you want to move forward with. Uh, My wife and I were doing a women's leadership workshop with the UN. And at the beginning, the women were telling their stories of stuff that had happened to them. Uh, And and this woman said, and that happened to me and it was awful. Well, what can we do? It's a man's world. And so right at the beginning, I say, hang on. Let me just tell you what happens when you say things that your subconscious picks up. If you say it's a man's world, then you are perpetuating that thought. And so we work together as a group and said, how can we come out with it with different words that you're going to think and you're going to use? And what they came up with is to say, it's a man's world, but that's changing. I love it. And that's it. If you say it's a man's world, you'll just continue thinking that and that will attract to you situations where, you know, people are against you for that. Ian, the book is here. 
And nine keys of synchronicity. Again, we've been, for those of you who might be listening on iTunes or Spotify or one of the other channels, again, the book is The Nine Keys of Synchronicity with Philip Mary, who has been here with us today. And Philip, where would you like people to connect with you? What's the best way for people to get the book, find out about you? Mary.com. Say that again, you cut out? www.philipmary, one L in Philip, M-E-R-Y.com. Beautiful, Philip. Any closing advice or thoughts or wisdom that you'd love to leave our audience with today? It's about possibility, Jennifer. I, I, I think that all of us, including me, get stuck in why is this not happening? And so my, my closing words would be to take a look at your mindset. Synchronicity is not something that I made up. It's happened all through history and it's available to us. So it's like saying the possibilities are there. You just need to open your eyes and realize them and look for them. Mm -hmm. Wonderful words of wisdom from Dr. Philip Mary, who has been with us today on Regarding Consciousness. I am Jennifer K. Hill, and my wish for each and every one of you as you go out into your weeks and months ahead, may you see, may your eyes be open to the wonder and awe of all the synchronicities and miracles already around you. May you have the wisdom to recognize and appreciate them, and may they multiply in your life and the lives of those you love. Thank you for being here with us today. Thank you, Jennifer.